building a company from nothing is freaking hard. Us entrepreneurs are expected to deal with unimaginable challenges and somehow keep a cool head through it all. This is The Art of Entrepreneurship, and I'm your host, Jackie Hermes. I grew my company, Excelity, from zero to seven figures with no partners and no funding. The Art of Entrepreneurship is a show where we cut through the BS and dig into what it actually takes to start and grow a company. If you give me your time, I promise it won't be wasted. Now let's get to work. Welcome back to The Art of Entrepreneurship. Today is part two of a two-part episode series, Growing Your Business Part Two, so you've decided to hire full-time employees. I guess I could have included in the title, what next? It's not something to jump into lightly if you didn't get that by the first one. There are a handful of things, at least, there's a lot to think about, but there are a handful of things I would really urge you to think about before you hire and put some systems in place. I'm going to jump pretty straight into the content here, but just a little info, if you will. There are a lot of ways that you can learn about these five things that I'm going to talk about. There are books available, You can ask your mentor. Heck, you might even have business owner friends that will show you what their process looks like. I've had people reach out to me and say, do you have a legit sales process? Can you share the doc with me? Or hey, what do your T's and C's look like for your contract? And we have them online. I'm like, here's the link. Take a look. People are a lot more willing to share this information than you think they are. So I definitely would consider looking for a starting point versus building everything from scratch. That's something I've been talking about a lot on LinkedIn lately because you don't have to build from scratch even though we all think that we need to. So first, if you've decided to hire, I would consider what your company looks like online. Have you done a good job marketing yourself? Does your company look like a fun place to work? Is it a fun place to work? I guess that's really the first question, but if it is, you have to make it look like it online. Because the swag that you have online is going to make a huge difference when you are hiring employees. It is so dang much easier for us to hire now than it was when we started 10 years ago because people know us more now and they can see that we have a reputation, we have reviews, we have a really bomb website where people can go and look around. Wow, do people say bomb anymore? I feel like if my kids were home right now, they would be cringing behind me and I'm glad they're not here. When you are talking about your company online, you have to consider things like flexibility. Are you making it clear whether it's a work from home or office environment? Lots of people want to work from home or they want some version of hybrid right now. That's something you should be talking about online and you at minimum have to have in the job description. Compensation. Are you publishing this? There was a big move toward publishing comp maybe last year, maybe 18 months ago. Again, what is time? I really don't know. But if you're not publishing a range, I think you're missing out. Culture. Are you showcasing your culture? Is your team having fun together? Are you posting about it on Instagram or TikTok or who knows, wherever you're posting about it? Those are things that you should make clear. What is the work environment like? Is it a collaborative environment? Are you working more solo? You have to think about what kind of leader you plan to be. Now, this isn't something that you necessarily will post on the internet. However, if you do have a leadership philosophy and you talk about it on LinkedIn or you talk about it on social, that's not a bad thing to do. And people that are thinking about working at your company will look at that stuff when they're researching and deciding whether or not to apply. 
How are you going to help employees learn? You have to not only give permission to spend time on continuous learning, but you have to provide tools. Along with that, how are you going to upskill team members? A lot of times people want to come into a role and they want to know that they're going to have a path in front of them to get to the next level. Or is there a career path ahead of them? Or is the job full? Or are you like, oh, I don't know. You're my first hire. That's an acceptable answer. But it should look more like we are going to work together to make your career path based on your interests, not, mm-hmm, you know, a big question mark. I really say all of this because I had almost none of this in place when I started hiring. And as I said in the last episode, it didn't turn out amazingly at the beginning. Now I have a team that is tenured and they're amazing, but it, it took a while and it took some turnover to learn. Number two is you have to have a freaking awesome hiring process. And if you don't have a really solid process in place, you better make sure it's fast and you're communicating with people. Companies that drag candidates along and they take two to three weeks between every interview and they get someone to the end and they're like, okay, but we want to see what other options are there. They're losing out on candidates. And candidates do not have a desire to work with a company. For example, if someone goes through part of your process, you should be reaching out to them and declining them personally and giving them feedback if they ask for it. This can't just be some crappy auto email, especially if people have spent a long time with you. They're invested in wanting to work with you. So make sure that you have some kind of hiring process in place and that you're ready to schedule people quickly and communicate with them thoroughly. The next thing to think about is a clear definition of success in the role. I'm telling you that nothing will make an employee leave faster than not knowing whether or not they're meeting expectations. And a lot of people, including me, suck at giving praise. You have to put those systems in place to say, here are the expectations. This is what you should be meeting as an employee. And then when they do or when they exceed your expectations, you have to let them know, be it with a gift card, with some praise, with taking them to dinner. You also have to have on the flip side, a performance management system of some kind. Even if you live in a state that has at-will employment, you can't just be firing people off the cuff. This is not some TV show where someone just gets mad and then fires people. I mean, you could, but I know your Glassdoor reviews are not going to be good. So by the time someone gets to the discipline process, they should know it's coming. They should know that they have not been performing up to expectation and you should have been working with them and giving them warnings of some kind and talking to them about what's going on, giving them tools, helping them upskill. Think about your performance management system and what that might look like in addition to a clear definition of success in the role. The next thing is some kind of onboarding process. I swear Team members come on at my company all the time and they're like, oh, at my last company, they didn't really train me. You know, I watched some videos and they were like, good luck. And some of these companies are pretty big. I am lucky that I worked at two companies before I started Excelity that had really, really legit onboarding processes. So at GE Healthcare, I was trained for a few months because it was very important and high stakes work. I was supporting sales managers and helping them with like million, multi-million dollar quotes. You can't really screw that up. So I had to be trained thoroughly. And then at Zywave, they trained for 
geez, three months, I got a crash course on the insurance industry. I learned about all the products. It was a really solid training process and it gave me insight into what mine should look like at my company. Some things for you to think about. Your process should include getting to know people across the company and understanding their roles. So for example, at my company, Excelity, if someone comes on in account services, they should be shadowing people in delivery. They should be getting to know the terms that your designer and your copywriter use so they can speak the same language and so that they can get along in what is sometimes a high stress environment. Your training plan should include some self-study training like books and videos and whatnot that they can do on their own time. Of course, any certifications that they need for the role. So for example, for us, we do HubSpot certifications. We have some people that have like Google AdWords or Google Analytics certifications, etc. Then you have to cater to how they learn. So you should have some learning by Shadowing and watching other people do the job, shadowing meetings, taking notes, hearing how they're run, etc. But then you need to have some active learning too, where you are helping that person learn by doing. Active learning can be really time consuming because you're watching them do it and make mistakes and helping them fix it. However, it is a surefire way to make sure that when someone actually gets to doing it by themselves, they feel confident. I would say if you're not training a new team member for at least a month, then I would probably encourage you to look at your systems and understand where you can improve them. All right. This one is, I would guess, a little different than what some people might advise you to do before you start hiring. But make sure that you, when you bring someone on, have an understanding of their communication preferences. Boundaries are really hard to come by these days. I feel like after COVID and people went remote, especially in this virtual world, work and life just flow together and you're always in your office because you're always in your home. Employers like you should ask and respect how your employees want to be communicated with. We have a document that every new employee fills out that covers things like typical work hours, best way to reach after hours, so like are you okay getting a text or a call or should I be slacking you? Um, Response times on Slack, like are you someone who has your notifications on and you respond all the time? Well, if so, maybe people should be scheduling messages to you instead of slacking you, whatever is on their mind. I'm definitely guilty of that. Meeting times. So I try not to take meeting times in the morning. I usually cram all my meetings in from about 12 to 5 p.m., on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I will flex out of that, but this document has my preferences. When I'm getting feedback or when I'm getting especially critical feedback, I like, like, how do you like it to get delivered? So for me, I like a written heads up and then a face-to-face conversation, but some people like it in writing. Some, a lot of people do not like being surprised. So that's something good to know. Um, here's an interesting one. When I say or do X, it means blank. So I have, when I say nothing, it means things are going well. That's because I'm terrible at praise and that is not something that I am proud of. And it is something that I am working on. And another thing that is in my doc is when I react poorly to new information, it means I'm surprised. I have gotten a heck of a lot better than that. I should actually update this, which I'm proud of. But a lot of people can be very surprised by new information and they need time to process. 
Then we have communication styles, um, things to work on for a communication style. We all took the Enneagram, which I love because I'm the challenger and it just is so descriptive of me. But every single person on the team fills this out. So anytime I'm giving hard feedback or anytime I have to deliver something that I'm not sure how it will land, I will open up this communication preferences doc so that I can understand how that person wants to be spoken to. All right. So you've decided to hire full-time employees. A recap. Those five things to think about is what does your company look like online? What are you going to communicate online? Um, things like flexibility, comp, work environment, etc. Make sure that you have a fast hiring process in place where you are very communicative with the people that you're hiring. Remember that you want a clear definition of success for the role. You want a job description and you want clear expectations with a performance management system. A thorough onboarding process. You can't just hire someone and say, have fun, good luck. That's really not how it works. And then finally, think about understanding communication preferences because everyone communicates differently. And I think this will really help you when you are giving hard feedback or communicating with your team members. All right, that is it. If you have topics that you want me to cover, I would love, love to hear from you. DM me on LinkedIn, submit the form on my website. I am, what, 175, yes, 175, wow, episodes in and, you know, there's only so much to cover, but I always have content. I swear, I walk around and I'm like, ooh, I should write something about that or ooh, that's a good topic. So tell me, is there a burning question that you have? Is there something that you want me to talk about? Please hit me up and let me know. And like always, if you got value out of this episode, share it with just one person that is thinking about or has decided to hire full-time employees and need some help. And I will talk to you next time. Thank you. Thank you.